Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, good morning. We're just grateful that you're with us. My name is Blake, and uh, it's just a privilege to be worshiping you and celebrating our good Jesus, our Lord and Savior today. And uh, let's just dive in. I want to talk to you uh, today uh, about opportunity. I titled this message, Move On It. Ephesians 5.15 says this, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Everybody say, make the most. most. Say it like you mean it, make the most. There we go, of every opportunity in these evil days. I'm always puzzled a little bit, I'll be uh, honest with you. When people are like, oh man, now is, they're just evil days. I'm like, Paul is saying right there that the days have been pretty bad for a while now. As our, our responsibility as followers is to make the most of every opportunity that we're presented with in these trying, difficult tough days. Um, one of the, uh, the hardest decisions that ever kind of happens in my family, and I don't know about you, but maybe if you're married in here, you can relate with this, but making a tough decision about where you're going to eat, right? Anybody? That can be very challenging. What am I going to do? What are we going to do after Sunday lunch? Some of you are literally having that text message conversation right now. Hey, where are we going to, who are we going to invite? I don't want to go with them. They're kind of weird, you know, and it's some of those areas of life and we won't go there any further, right? But there we, we have some of these things and my wife and I, we go back and forth. Where are we going to eat, you know, throughout the week, right? It's one of those things. But one thing I'm so grateful for is that we have come to the conclusion of our favorite candy. Reese's Pieces. Like, it, it's, our, it's our jam. Like, I, I, ha, I actually bought a bag to eat with, uh, to, to eat in, or to show you today, but we ate it last night. So, like, that's how kind of like it, it, it I, I guess, resonates in our, my family. Uh, and so we have these moments where it's like, hey, we don't ever have to to really argue about what we're gonna eat when it comes to the dessert, when it comes to the candy, because it's like we're walking through the store, hey, you got the bag of Reese's? Good, that's awesome. In fact, here's a fun fact, they were actually on a supply chain shortage of Reese's Pieces lately. Kind of mind-blowing. Who knows what else we're gonna run out of this day and age, right? Well, here's the thing. Back in the early 1980s, Steven Spielberg released this film called E.T. Anybody have seen it? I mean, back then, I don't know, I wasn't really around, but it could have been one of those alarming films. You know, it has the creepy guy, and and he's, like, riding the bike across the moon, and it's one of those things that you kind of scratch your head, and, like, what's actually taking place? Some people are like, it's a classic. It's a great movie. And uh, what's funny is Steven Spielberg needed somebody, needed a chocolate in the film. So he approaches Mars. Now, if you know anything about Mars Chocolate Company, they make M&Ms, okay? 
Now, if you know anything when it comes to it, Hershey's makes Reese's Pieces. So Spielberg asked Mars, hey, would your M&Ms be in the film? They say no, they didn't really want the opportunity. But then he turns and he asks Reese's Reese's Pieces, Hershey's, hey, can we use your candy? Reese's Pieces says, sure, why not? So Reese's jumps at the opportunity, and they saw a 65% increase of sales within two weeks of that movie being debuted. Kind of crazy, right? Like, talk about missed opportunities. Hershey's capitalized on missed or, or on that opportunity. As Christians, we are called to capitalize on opportunities. But here's the challenge when it comes to our opportunities. We tend to manufacture the way we think that opportunity should enter our life. We think that our boss should give us the promotion because we're hard workers, because we're better than our coworkers. We think that if, if this opportunity comes, it must fit in in this kind of puzzle piece in our life. Or if the opportunity comes, it has to to look a certain way, sound a certain way, be an exact kind of opportunity that we want. See, the truth of the matter is Jesus changed the world one opportunity at a time. But that opportunity didn't come because he said it has to look this way, be this way, has to play out this certain way. He did it because he had these interruptions in his life an opportunity presented itself, and he stepped out, and he acted on that opportunity. He was thirsty. He goes to the the well with his disciples. He sends them into the town. He meets this woman. This woman at the well ends up having a life-change encounter with Jesus, meeting Jesus, ends ends up going and getting the rest of the town. Opportunity right there. Jesus is with his disciples and everybody in the, on the hillside, they're, they're, they're hungry and the disciples say, hey, we need to go to town to get the food. And Jesus says, hey, we have some loaves, we have some fishes, let's make the most out of this opportunity right there. See, opportunities for followers of Jesus come in the means of a daily living situation. See, a lot of times we think opportunity needs to be this grandization, this, this big, huge kind of orchestrated event in our life when Jesus is saying, you have opportunity all around you. What are you doing to look at that opportunity? Today, I want to talk to you about this big idea. Move on the opportunity and see how God will move in your life. Move on the opportunity and see how God will move in your life. Don't wait and say, God, move in my life. Say, God, what opportunities are currently present that I need to move and live out on? Who do I need to be kinder to? Who do I need to say hi to? Who do I need to take a meal? Who do I need to treat with respect? What kind of work should I put in? What kind of college should I pursue to reach those certain opportunities in our life? Today, we're going to look at this Old Testament story about this man by the name of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was this governor. He was this individual that was doing what you would consider just a a normal job. He was doing his responsibility. 
yet an opportunity presents itself. See, we find Nehemiah in the situation where the the Babylonian empire came in and, and they displaced Israel. Judah and Israel, they get conquered by the Babylonians. We see this because of their disobedience and them turning away from God uh, Israel and Judah. We see this over in 2 Kings chapter 17 and 25. We see that there's then this return. Persia comes in and they conquer the Babylonians and there's three different waves. And basically what happens is whenever Nehemiah is there, he becomes the governor, the Israelites are living away from their homeland and then they have an opportunity to go back to their homeland, the city of Jerusalem. And there's this emphasis throughout the book of Nehemiah about spiritual renewal and devotion to God. See, we're going to dive into this this little excerpt from Nehemiah's story, and he catches wind, some news about what's taking place back at his homeland. And it grieves him, it pains him, and an opportunity presents itself. So join me, Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. In the month of Nason, in the, 20th century, in the 20th year of King Xerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had been sad in his presence, and the king said to me, Why is your face sad? Seeing you are not sick, this is nothing but a sadness of, of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. Now, he's a cup bearer. He's working this quote-unquote normal job, but he's in the presence of the king and a cupbearer in this eastern monarch. They would basically have the cup. They would pour it out on their hand like they would drink, and then they would test whatever beverage was in that cup to make sure it wasn't poisonous. Now, here's the thing. When, you know, whenever somebody comes in and they might mess up the vibe, you know, with their bad attitude or something, It was definitely something a servant of the king can never enter in into that presence of that eastern market, of that monarch. So what happens is when Nehemiah is sad and there's grief on his face and his emotions are pouring out of his body, it says he becomes afraid because whenever you come into the king's presence and you mess up the way he's feeling his good time, then your life's going to be at stake. Verse 3. So he goes, I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? He's talking about the city of Jerusalem. Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God in heaven. I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, it's a a nugget for us right there because typically the queen isn't in the mix of something official that's taking place. So it's a very relaxed time when Nehemiah is having this conversation. So the king asked, how long will you be gone and when you will return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let the letters be given to me 
to the governors of the province and beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until come to Judah. Verse 8. In the letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he gave, that he gave me the timber to make the beams for the gates of the fortress and the temple and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me that what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. Then I came to the governors of the province beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent with me officers of the army and horsemen. But when Sanibal and the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite servant heard this, it depleased them greatly that someone had come to seek the welfare of the people of Israel. So Nehemiah, in the presence of the king, is grieving, he's hurting, and he sees an opportunity to address an issue that was taking place, the rebuilding of the walls of the city of Jerusalem. So today I want to talk to you about what it means in capitalizing on four, opportun- four ways to capitalize on opportunity. And the first one is this. We need to look for opportunity despite how we may feel. Look for opportunity despite how we may feel. How many of us know that emotions blind us, right? They, they, they make us miss what's right in front of us. Either sometimes if we've had a situation where we're sad, it kind of rubs off on people when we're in their presence. Or sometimes when we're so excited in life that we overlook people who are hurting around us. See, a lot of times when it comes to dealing with our emotions, we have to, be made, we have to make sure that we're very well aware of what is the logical and, and, and right way ahead. Nehemiah, it says in 2.2, it says, And the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick, that this is nothing but sadness of the heart? Then I was very much afraid. So Nehemiah, he was sad, and then he was afraid. And yet he still acted on what was the opportunity in front of him. How many times could Nehemiah get in front of the king and and have this question asked as the king might overlook him in days to come or he's just a servant of the king? But the king engages with Nehemiah and Nehemiah being sad and afraid says, I'm going to take this opportunity to express myself. Think about this moment in, in your life recently. Has there been a time when you've been sad, when you've been afraid there? You didn't act out on what you know God asked you to act out on. We've talked this past Wednesday night, our midweek service, best night of the week, want to encourage you to be a part of that. We're talking about the the move of the Holy Spirit through the church. We're looking at the book of Acts. But there's uh, there's this thing that we see in the church where There's moments where we're afraid to to share the gospel with people who are far from God, where we get a little timid, where we know that our our neighbors need the good news of Jesus and what Jesus can do in their life, yet we're afraid. How many opportunities have you been presented with or maybe being afraid you've leaned into your feelings versus following what God has put in front of you? There's this 
moment in Jesus' life. He's hanging on the cross and he has this conversation with two sinful men behind him. Luke 23, verse 41 and 43 says this, And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus is feeling, he's in pain, he's in agony. We just had communion where we reflected on what was taking place and the, the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus gave each and every one of us. He's hanging there, trying to breathe. And yet he looks back, this man who is damned to an eternity of hell. And he says, I hear you. You're going to be in paradise. I care for you. I love you. Think of that. Jesus, if there's a time where maybe there wasn't a moment for a conversation, it was when persecution was happening. And yet Jesus, despite how he feel, felt, engaged in that opportunity. See, there's moments in our lives where we don't feel like disciplining our children, right? No one likes to do that. There's moments in our lives when we don't feel like helping out our adult grown children. There's moments in our lives where we feel like, you know, our marriages are, they're at rock bottom and we don't know what to do and we start kicking around. What are other opportunities outside of this commitment I made? I want to encourage you, despite how you feel, move on the right opportunity that is in front of you. Number two for us this morning is this. We move on opportunities simply by preparing for that opportunity through prayer. Through prayer. Then he said to the king, what are you requesting? So I pray to the God in heaven. We see this little excerpt. There's approximately 11 prayers that Nehemiah prays. But if you look back in chapter 1, verses 4 through 11, we find out that Nehemiah hears the news of his city about four months prior unto this interaction. Four months up to this conversation, Nehemiah knew the, the grief that was happening in his homeland. What did he do in that time? It said he fasted. He was in prayer. And then four months later, the opportunity comes with a conversation with the king. How many of us have ever wanted to give up on praying for opportunities after one or two days of prayer? You're like, man, I prayed for it. God, where are you at? Like, you didn't show up. I'm wanting it to be fixed. All right, I'm done. Four months Nehemiah was grieving. Four months he was receiving news. Four months he was waiting and, and in questioning and in doubt and trying to figure everything out. Four months he was doing what God was asking and what he felt led to do. You might be in this place right now. 
and you're saying, I need this opportunity. I need a breakthrough. God, I need you to work in my marriage. I need you to work in my friendship. I need you to work at my job. I need you to work in my family. Lord, we need some opportunity. We need some breakthrough. That preparation begins in prayer. Pray, 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 pray. We can't stress that enough. We can't say that enough. I love what Mark Batterson, he writes, uh, draw the circle and does this 40-day prayer challenge. He says this, each prayer is like a seed that gets planted in the ground. It disappears for a season, but it eventually bears fruit that blesses future generations. In fact, our prayers bear fruit forever. So the question you have to ask yourselves when you're looking for opportunity, am I praying about that opportunity? Am I seeking the Lord? Am I in my time, in my morning, in my life? Am I saying, God, right now I'm praying, I'm seeking you, I'm calling on your name, I need you to show up and show out in my life. There's moments where there's opportunities that we miss, that we don't attain, that we don't grab, because church, we're not praying. I can't say that enough. I can't preach that enough. Nehemiah, we see his prayer in verse 4 of chapter 1. We look at Jesus' life. When Jesus had encounters with crowds of people, preparing for the day and after the day, he would pray. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says this, And rising very early in Jesus' beginning of his ministry, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed. He went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. There he prayed. My wife and I, um, we moved from, many of you know this, we moved from California to Florida. When we were living in California, uh, we were there for some time, and I knew very early on that there just was a, a spirit that I didn't know if we would, how long we would stay in California, apart from all the craziness that was happening. This was pre-COVID. And uh, as we sat there, I, I came home one day and I said, Britt, I just don't know our, our long-term tenure here. I, I just don't know. I, I just feel a sense in, in my spirit. It wasn't until... 11 months after that conversation, through diligent prayer, through diligent time, hey, where you at? What's going on? Through conversation, where then God opened our door to move to Florida. But it took 11 months. There's story after story where you hear people who've prayed and they didn't see fruit of that prayer for another generation. You might be in here right now and say, I wish my grandchildren were in church this Sunday morning. And you might be challenged with that. And you might be saying, I wish maybe your parents were in church or you wish your friends were in church or you wish some breakthrough was happening in your life. I would encourage you start with praying for that, being prepared in our prayers because it's when we're praying that we're planting seeds, when we're opening the door for opportunity. Number three for us this morning and this today when it comes to moving out on opportunity is this, have a response for when that opportunity comes. Have a response for when that opportunity comes. Simultaneously with our prayer life, it's, it's going 
with, with in step. It's not I pray and I'm done praying. It's I'm praying through and I'm developing a plan. A lot of times I think if someone were to ask you right now, are you ready for that opportunity? Whatever opportunity might come, maybe it's that job, maybe it's picking up some, some real estate here in the, the Southwest Florida area. Maybe someone in your family is like, hey, do you want, do you want this? I'll, I'll, I'll give you like bottom market price for this piece of property. Would you have the funds maybe to say, hey, I can jump on that deal? See, a lot of times in our opportunities, when they arise, we are not ready to receive or to act out or to do because we haven't planned and we haven't prepared. We haven't developed the plan. Nehemiah 2, 5 through 8. Look what Nehemiah does. Four months, he's waiting on this. Four months, he's praying on this. And when the king asked, what do you need? Nehemiah responds with this. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. So right there, what's the issue? What's the plan? Hey, I need to get back to the city of Judah, or I need to get back to the country of Judah, the city of Jerusalem. I need to go. There's this plan and then he's following through with the plan. We continue on in verse six. And he said to the king, with the queen, and, he, and the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, how long will you be gone? And when will you return? And look, and so it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time, opportunity. It was thought through. It was planned. And he said to the king, if it pleases the king, let the letters be given to me to the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. So not only is he prepared for the plan, he's ready with the ask. When opportunity arises in our lives, do we have a plan? You invite a neighbor to church. They show up to church one random day. Do you have a plan on how you're going to interact with them? Are you going to say, hey, let's go to lunch? Opportunity comes up when your adult child is like, hey, mom, dad, we'll go to church with you today. Opportunity comes up. Father's Day is next week. Fathers, I want to challenge you. Show up to church. Like, we can golf, we can fish, we can hunt, we can do all those things any every, uh, other day. But church is like the pillar of our households, fathers, men. You got to make that a commitment in your life. So an opportunity comes whenever maybe your wife or a friend says, hey, let's do this on Father's Day. We can skip church today. I want to challenge you, say, no, I don't want to skip church. How about we all go to church because that's the opportunity that's present for us. Like that's the perspective. That's what we have to hold on to right there. Have a response when the opportunity comes. Nehemiah, he led with humility. I think that's key. He says, he says King, if I find favor with you, he's never like, hey, uh, so maybe I can do this or not. He's like, no, can I find favor with you? And if I can find favor with you, here's my plan, X, Y, and Z. And then to fulfill that plan, you can send me to go and do that. Sometimes when it comes to opportunities, opportunities are hard. The other day, I had an opportunity with my children. I take my, my two boys outside to the yard and we're pulling weeds. 
Now, it's a pretty funny sight when you have a six-year-old and a four-year-old pulling weeds. To add to the mix, my four-year-old also has a broken arm. I kid you not, a couple Wednesdays ago, he's running out here in the lobby, trips, falls, breaks his arm. And so he's over there, he's like pulling the weeds right there, and they're like, Dad, it's hot. Dad, I'm sweating. And I'm like, boys, I'm, in the meantime, personally, I'm like, I'm sweating. I want to go into the air conditioning. I want some water. But when that opportunity was there, I'm like, boys, we're going to get out of here. We're going to work a little bit. We're going to start this process early in their life so they understand what it takes to actually move and live out and be a producer and contributor as Jesus has called us to produce and contribute in life. So you have to have that response ready. So I had to have a couple of responses ready. Dad, I want to quit. I'm like, all right, man, if you want to quit, there's going to be no, no video games for the rest of the day. You're going to go upstairs and you read. All right, Dad, I'm ready to, like, I'm ready to pull. You have to be ready with the responses when the opportunity comes. Have that plan. And then there's the other half of it. A lot of people have a great plan, but they're not willing to operate and step out on that plan. That's a challenge for us. All that, hey, here's an opportunity for you to go witness, Pastor Blake. Uh, here's an opportunity for, uh, you know, some of our church to get together and, 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 and pray, but I'm not going to really show up because I'm busy. When it comes to this opportunity that's presented before Nehemiah, Nehemiah, man, he's the one not only comes up with the plan, he acts out on that plan. I love what... Nolan Bushnell, the creator of Atari video game system, he says, once stated this, everyone who has ever taken a shower has had an idea. It's the person who gets out of the shower, dries off, and does something about it that makes a difference. Church, we've got to dry off and do something about it. What opportunities is God presenting to you in your daily life that you know you need to step out on? And then number four for us when it comes to an opportunity is this. Know God's favor may be met with human opposition. Know God's favor may be met with human opposition. I hate to be a bearer of bad news. But you know, when you follow Jesus, you're signing up for, for some, some tough times. You're signing up to make hard decisions. You're signing up to say, hey, I'm not going to engage in that. Hey, you're signing up to say, you know what, maybe there's some things I just don't agree with. You're signing up to keep your mouth closed. You're signing up to say, hey, I'm going to see this issue through, even though I don't feel like talking about this issue. There's opposition when it comes to doing what God's commissioned us to do. These are some of the, the warm thoughts that Jesus lives his, leaves his followers. He says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Thanks, Jesus. I want to follow you, man. Like, sounds like a party. If you were the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. No matter what we do to try to fit in with culture and the world, it's not going to line up with what the gospel calls us to do. 
The gospel tells us to go and evangelize. The gospel says, go and make disciples. Well, you know what that means? We're gonna have to have some personal conversations with people. So that means we're gonna learn your life story. That means we're gonna be a little invasive in someone's life. But I'd rather have someone having a conversation with me than saying, hey, I'm gonna live in my own world. I'm gonna stay behind closed doors. That's not what gospel living's about. No God's favor may be met with human opposition. Look, Nehemiah had this great favor from the king, and yet he was still met with opposition. We have great favor when we come and start a relationship with Jesus, but you know that it's hard to say, I'm gonna follow Jesus in the midst of everything that's going on and taking place. Second Timothy, the apostle Paul writes this, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, I'm sorry to be like, hey, I'm just gonna just dump this on you and say, hey, we're just gonna like, hey, go away and say, hey, it's gonna be hard being a follower of Jesus. But here's the thing. Whenever we're working on behalf of what God's called us to do, the opportunities God's presenting, he's gonna give us favor. He's going to see us through. He's going to help us accomplish that. We look later on in Nehemiah's story. He says this. So they're building the wall. And this is kind of a, a snapshot of how we can live our life today. So there's people who are outside. They're wanting to not see the Israelites succeed at this task of restoring the city and the temple and this is how they had to labor. This is how they had to work throughout their life. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held spears, shields and bows and coats of mail. And the leader stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building the wall, those who carry the burdens and who are loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held the weapon with the other. So it's like they're putting up the, the bricks on the wall and yet they got a spear in the hand. Church, we need to be prepared that no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, that we're well equipped with the sword that no matter what we face and maybe our marriages, I what scriptures say about that. That no matter what we face in activities at school, what we face with friends, neighbors, colleagues, man, am I dialed in to my weapon? God, am I dialed into your spirit? What opportunity is is upon us that I know I might get some opposition and pushback, but I know that my God's gonna see me through that opposition and pushback. See, Nehemiah is important because when they come to this renewal of spirituality, it sets the, the pace for the coming Messiah, Jesus, some years later. Without that, Jesus wouldn't have fulfilled the prophecies that were before him. See, God's plan wins out. God's plan is for his people. So this morning, I want to wrap up with asking you two questions. The first one is this. If you're in this place right now, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, have you seized the opportunity of who Jesus can be in your life? 
Have you said, I'm going to make a commitment to follow him. I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to pray about things. I'm, I'm going to act not based on my feelings. I'm going to have a response when I'm living in my daily life. And no, at the end of the day, there's going to be some opposition. But when it's all said and done, God's favor is going to win out for his followers. So I want to challenge you today. Maybe you're making a decision right now to follow Jesus. This is what says in Matthew 20, verse 28. It says, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life in ransom for many. That Jesus went to the cross for us. Starting a relationship says, Jesus, I admit that I'm broken, that I'm me missed, met, messed up, mixed up, and I need you to come and restore me. That I have sin in my life, and I need you to, to help me with that, to relieve me of that burden. Jesus goes to the grave. He conquers the grave. He defeats death. He raises, raises from the grave and sins to heaven. And when we believe who Jesus is in our life, he changes us. We start over, we start new. We start seeking, we start saying, hey, I'm a new person, I have new commitments, and there's a new opportunity for me. That no matter what happened is the past, that Jesus makes you right in the present. So maybe you want to start that relationship with Jesus right now. I want to encourage you to do that. You can fill out a communication card. Pastor Chris, in a few moments, will have some more information on how you can do that. And we'll have prayer at the front if you need prayer. And then secondly, there's those of us in here. You have some opportunity that are right in front of you in your daily living. Are you capitalizing on that opportunity? Are you moving out on that opportunity? Are you ministering? Are you showing love? Are you showing grace? Are you working hard? Or are you too caught up with, man, my opportunity should look like this? You have an opportunity right now to restore relationships. You have an opportunity to say, hey, I'm gonna reset and be someone that works hard. I'm not gonna be someone that has a bad attitude. You have an opportunity in your daily living and the decisions right before you when we leave this place to say, how can I live and how can I help people meet the divine creator of this universe that can bring eternal life in their lives? It starts with seizing the opportunities around us. And church, I wanna encourage you. There's plenty of opportunities in our daily living to do just that. So this morning as we wrap up I'm gonna pray right now and our God is a good God never forget that our God loves us and I'm thankful that we have opportunity after opportunity to come on a Sunday in our midweek and throughout our week to worship him may we never forget that let's pray church God right now we worship you we say thank you we call on your name and we are just so grateful that we have this opportunity. Lord, I pray for those who are making a decision right now 
to follow you, to seize this great moment in their life, to say and recognize that there's some things that they have maybe put and pushed down in their heart. Lord, we pray right now that you move in such a radical way that they wanna break down those, those walls that are built up, that they live and they come to this humility and this understanding that you are the Lord and Savior of their life, that you bring a new hope and a radical mercy and grace, Lord. Move today. Give them the boldness to seize this opportunity before them. And Lord, right now there are those in here who we know there's some great opportunities around us. Lord, I wanna give us an encouragement right now to seize the opportunities in our daily living. Lord, may me move out on those opportunities. And may we remember that no matter where we are at, you are always with us and you are always for us. And for that, we are grateful. And in your great and holy name, we all say, amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.